Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. Today, we have such a great show for you. We have Dr. Debbie Silber talking about how an unhealed betrayal is impacting your health, work, and relationships and what to do about it. We've all had betrayal in our lives before, and we're going to talk about on the show what to know to leave your partner or to try to rebuild? Should you stay or should you move on? And what to know of how your partner is behaving, if your partner is remorseful, um, is your partner a narcissist and not remorseful, what to look for in order to know if you should stay or not after a betrayal. We'll talk about post-betrayal syndrome and what that looks like if you're suffering from it. We'll talk about how to know if you've recovered from a betrayal, like and what the five stages of betrayal are and where you are on that spectrum. We'll talk about how to begin rebuilding your life and your trust again, and the tools that you need to recover from betrayal and how to heal and move on from your life. And, and I talk about my personal story as well. My ex-husband, I definitely caught him cheating and had a girlfriend on the side. And, you know, I talk about my own personal story in regards to that. And, and, you know, I, I use a lot of the things that I talk about on the Myers Detox podcast. A lot of the, the nest health was so pivotal for me. And I use, you know, biofield tuning and a lot of other bioenergetic methods to try to like transmute any kind of negative emotions um, out of my energy field. That's what I personally did. But there, there's lots of different tools that we talk about today on the show to recover from betrayal. So our guest, Dr. Debbie Silber, is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. And she has a new book out, trust again. And her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, and TEDx twice and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, finances, relationships, confidence and happiness that they want the most. You can learn more about Dr. Silber and her work at the pbtinstitute.com. Dr. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. So let's, what are some questions that we should ask ourselves to see if we're like numbing or avoiding or distracting ourselves? Yeah. You know, it's so common to do that. Actually, I did a study and on betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. What, and I'm happy to share, uh, we made three discoveries during that study, but one of them was that there are these five stages. If we are to fully heal from our betrayal, we will move through these five now proven predictable stages. But when we're numbing and distracting, that's something we typically see in a classic stage three. And this is where we don't know it gets any better than 
than that. But what used to work doesn't work anymore. What used to make sense doesn't make sense anymore. So we numb, avoid, distract. So here are are four questions I invite everybody to write down, which is my way of saying write these down. So the first one would be, am I numbing and distracting? If so, how? Call yourself on it. Do you go into the cabinets, you're not the least bit hungry, and you find yourself at the bottom of the potato chip bag? Do you walk into a room and you put the TV on just to drown out the sound of your own thoughts? The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Am I pretending not to see trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? What are you pretending not to see? The third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I do nothing? Play it out. Play it all the way out. Take that health issue that you're ignoring. Play it out five to 10 years. What's that going to look like? The same, you know, the relationship issue, the job issue. And the last question, what could life look like in five to 10 years if I change now? Now, I'm not saying that's easy, but transformation begins when we tell ourselves the truth. So I just want to get like full disclosure here when, uh, you know, I left my last husband because I found out he had a girlfriend and he had, she had an apartment and it was like this whole thing. And it didn't really surprise me because, you know, you can sense when your partner's betraying you, like there's a lot of the signs there, like he was working out and trying to lose weight and he was actually being nice to me. <laughs> Which I thought, God, he's not really being himself. So, you know, you just know something was was off. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and it, it's really can be very, very traumatic for me. It was very liberating. I was finally, oh, now I now I actually I have to leave. So for me, it was uh, it was the end of, you know, what I, it was a catalyst for me to do what I, I knew what I had to do already. But for for some people, they're more conflicted. They want to stay in. In, in that the, that partnership, even uh, with a betrayal. So, so tell us about betrayal. Like, why does it hurt? What does it impact? And what does it create? Yeah, you know, these think about it. These were the people that gave us that sense of safety and security. The way it works with betrayal, it's it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. So, the more we trust and depend on someone, the bigger the betrayal. So, for example, a child, let's say, who's completely dependent on their parent, that parent does something awful, that's going to have a bigger impact than, let's say, your best friend telling your secret. Still, it's going to have an impact, but not to the same, not the same level. And when the very person who gave us that sense of safety and security is the person to destroy it, it hits us on every single level, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. And it's a lot to manage. You know, there was actually one of the other discoveries was that healing from betrayal is very different than healing from other life crises, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster. Originally, I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth, like kind of the upside of trauma, how that trauma, whatever it is, regardless of what it is, leaves you with a new insight, perspective, awareness that you didn't have beforehand. And I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease, but I was like, "Mm -mm, betrayal feels so different for me because I had two horrible betrayals, one from my family and then my husband. And, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas, do they feel different for you than, than betrayal? Hands down unanimously, they said they, they definitely they do. And here's why. When you experience, let's say, loss of a loved one, you don't necessarily take it personally. You know, 
The trail feels so intentional. So we take it so personally. It's a complete and total attack to the self. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Confidence, belonging, trust, rejection, abandonment, worthiness, they all get destroyed. So didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. So if I had to come up with an equation, it would be post-traumatic growth plus rebuilding the self equals a new term, which is called post-betrayal transformation. That's the complete and total rebuild after betrayal. Yeah, I I love that. Everything you're saying, it's so good. Yeah, and so, you know, I have a, a friend of mine that was recently, you know, she her husband left her and she found out he had, was cheating. And within like six months later, she's now completely physically debilitated with mm-hmm. pain syndrome. And I, I intu- intuitively feel like those two things are related. And it's almost like it's a PTSD reaction. So, so what are some like physical signs of betrayal yeah. and even like emotional and mental symptoms as well? Yeah, there are so many. And I'm so glad you asked that because here's the thing. We, one of the other discoveries was that there is this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known now as post-betrayal syndrome. And we have a quiz on our site to see to what extent people are struggling. We've had over 13,000 people take it in the last you know year and a half or so i actually pulled some stats to share with you just so you could see how profound that link is between the the trauma of betrayal and what it does to our bodies and and i i'm happy to go even through the stages of betrayal so you see where it shows up but it's almost impossible not to be physically affected so i'll go through some of the stats well first of all um things like 81%, 81%, this said 13,000 people plus, uh, felt a loss of personal power. 94% deal with painful triggers. And you mentioned PTSD. You know, so often we think it's reserved for like the war vets. No, it is very common in betrayal. And what happens is we're triggered and our bodies are right back there, remembering D-Day, Discovery Day. And cognitively, you may say, well, that happened a while ago. But the body is... The body is just remembering it right there. So here are some physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% struggle with their sleep. 63% have extreme fatigue. They can sleep and then wake up and they're exhausted. 47% have weight changes. 45% have digestive issues. That could be anything from IBS, Crohn's, diverticulitis, diverticulosis, um, you know, constipation, diarrhea. What I found so interesting with that is, you know, when you think of the gut, right? The gut absorbs, digests, and processes food. Well, isn't a betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process? Like, is it any wonder the gut would be off? That's just physical. Here are some mental ones. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% in a state of disbelief. 64% shock and 62% unable to concentrate. So now here you are, you're trying to do your work, you're trying to raise your kids, whatever you have going on, you're unable to concentrate, you have a gut issue, we haven't even talked about the emotional. So some emotional symptoms, 88% profound sadness, 83% are angry, very angry, just mix those two, right? That's a lethal combination. 82% feel hurt, 80% are anxious, 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote trust again. 84% 
out of 13,000 plus have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward and 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. So betrayal, it, it takes a toll, but yeah. it can all be healed. Yeah. And I mean, when I left my husband, I, I was I felt all, so many of those things. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you have to rebuild your life. You have to, you have to reinvent yourself. And I thought, oh, yeah. how am I going to detox my husband? How am I going to, how am I going to deal with this? Um, and I, you know, I talk about a lot of these tools uh, on myrcetox.com. Um, but you, you mentioned you did a study mm-hmm. and you had this breakthrough doing this study with, you said, 13,000 participants. That was just people who've taken the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, but that study led to three discoveries. Okay. Yeah. And so one of those was the five stages of betrayal. Can you go through what those are? Oh, sure. And when, when we saw this, it was so exciting because now there's a predictable path. If you know where you are now, it's like, okay, here's what stage I'm in. This is what I have to do to move to the next stage. So with that healing from betrayal is now predictable. And I'll talk about also the three groups that didn't heal and why they didn't heal. But these are the five, because there were three groups that didn't heal. These are the five stages. The first was like a setup stage. And I saw this with every participant, me included. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? Looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being. But that's where our intuition lies. And we turn that down. That's not to say if you're busy thinking and doing, it's a setup for betrayal. It's just what I saw. But if there were a table with only two legs, you know, easy for the table to topple over. And that's us. That's what happens. Stage two, shock. This is the shock. This is by far the scariest stage. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. This is D-Day, Discovery Day. And I'm sure you remember exactly where you were, exactly what happened. And this is like the person takes a mask off saying, this is who I've been. You know, and it's a shock completely tattoos itself on your body and mind. With this, you ignite the stress response. Now you're headed for every single stress related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how it works. This person's safe. Don't go there. You know, and in a moment, everything you knew is shattered. And and so here's truly where the bottom bottoms out on you. And it's so interesting when you think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You would grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. That's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How will I survive my experience? Where do I live? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? right? Basic. But here's the trap. Here's the thing. Because survival, when you figured out how to survive, and I bet when you're going through like your experience, like, okay, I remember that. I remember that. Because survival feels so much better than the shock and trauma from where you just came. You're like, whoo, 
okay, I'm good, I'm good, let me settle here. It's not good, it's just better than the shock and trauma. You don't even know there's a stage four and stage five, that's transformation. But what happens now, you've figured out how to survive, you think that's as good as it gets. So now what happens, a few things happen. Now, you start getting all that secondary gain, all those small self benefits from from being here. You get your story, you get to be right, you get someone to blame, you get a target for your anger. Everyone you tell your story to gives you all kinds of sympathy, you know. And then the longer we stay, we start planting roots here. And then your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe I'm not all that. Maybe I deserved it. Maybe I'm not that great. And then like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling situations and circumstances and people to you to confirm this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of it. It gets one step worse. Because you don't like it here, but you don't know there's anything better, here's where you start numbing, avoiding, distracting. So here's where you use food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, whatever, because you don't like it, but you don't know there's anything better than this. So now here's what happens. You start doing that a day, a week, a month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I can say to someone 20 years out, you know, did you ever think this emotional eating issue, do you ever think this drinking issue, do you ever think this numbing issue has anything to do with your betrayal? And they say, oh my gosh, that happened decades ago doesn't matter. They were in a perpetual holding pattern since that day. So that's why most people get stuck in stage three. If you're willing to let go of those small self benefits and do all these other things, you can move to stage four and that's finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I cannot undo this experience, but I control the meaning I make. I control how it affects me. I control me. And This is like if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever. Your old stuff isn't there. It's not cozy, but it's going to be okay. You're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but you're not causing the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. And what I found so interesting to this stage was, think about it. When you move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent the version of you you want to be in that new space, right? Here's where I saw, if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you. Here's where you've outgrown them. So people say to me all the time, but Teddy, I've had these friends forever. Is it me? Yes. You're, you're undergoing this transformation and you've simply outgrown them. Anyway, so you're in this stage four, you've settled into it, you've made it your own, you can move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Here, you turn down the stress response. Now you want to take better care of yourself, self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier, you were surviving. Your mind You're making new rules and boundaries based on your experience. And you have a completely new worldview based on the road you've just been on. And the four legs of the table, remember, it was all about the physical, the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so so let's talk about post-betrayal symptom. 
So what is that and how do we know that we have it? Yeah, post-betrayal syndrome is that collection of physical, mental, and emotional symptoms, specific and very common to betrayal. So like some of the symptoms that I shared, that was all pulled. Those symptoms were pulled from the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. So it's interesting because people think, oh, well, you know, it's just aging or it's just because of this and they attribute it to so many different things. No, it's because of your betrayal. And, and, you know, this is also what I found so interesting about the quiz. There's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And, you know, we've all heard time heals all wounds. Well, I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true because people write things like my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I could still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know when it comes to betrayal, time may soften it a bit, but we need to proactively face it, feel it, heal it in order to, to move through it. But, but yeah, those are the symptoms common. And we see it in health, in work, in relationships. We could spot an unhealed betrayal a mile away. Yeah. And it's so sad. I mean, we all have those friends that they were betrayed once or twice and they're just in this mode where they don't trust people. They don't trust men or they don't trust women or they don't trust their business partners or whatever the, whatever the relationship Mm -hmm. may be. And you can just see them. You can just see the suffering. You can see them manifesting and attracting the very same kind of person that will betray them because they have, they, they attract that until they learn the lesson oh, or work through that, you know? It's so true. And, and I'll see it in two ways in relationships. One, just like you said, someone will go uh, from relationship to relationship or the bosses change, the faces change, but it's the same thing. The friends change, the faces change, but it's the same thing. And they say, what the heck? Is it me? Yes, it is. It's you. Because unless and until you learn that profound lesson, whatever it is, that you are worthy and deserving and lovable, that you need stronger boundaries in place, whatever it is, you keep getting opportunities to learn that. And we also see it where someone puts that big wall up. I'm sure you know people like this, where they're like, nope, not going there again. Been there, done that. And they think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not. It's coming from a place of fear. They were so hurt that the, they feel the only way to move through life is just to keep people at a distance. Now, you know, I, I kind of liken that to like if you, you know, let's say you cook and let's say you get burned on the stove. That's like saying, nope, never cooking again. <laughs> you right. I mean, should we be cautious and careful and put a glove on and do all kinds of things? Yes. But, you know, saying, no, I'm never cooking again. It's like, that's not fair to you if that's what you love. No, it's great to be in a relationship because they really kind of like hold a mirror up to you and you grow mm. when you're in relationships. So that's the, that's the state that I want to be in is growing and not, not have my past affect my future relationships. Because your future partner or your current one, they have nothing to do with, with your past. Or, and it's so easy to project our, our victimhood or our past onto the current partner. It's not fair to them. You have to do that work. So that you don't like your past doesn't come back to haunt you. Absolutely. And that's what happens. We just automatically assume uh, this is this is what we know. So so here's the thing. If, if something feels familiar, we think it's good. It's not. It's only familiar. It's but but it's almost like we well, the first thing is we never want to get into another relationship once we've just gotten out of one, because that is the best 
time to heal. And until and unless you do, the only thing you could ever attract is more of the same. So that's when you want to do that work. So you're just resonating at a whole different level, you know. And, and this is also the, the, what I see so often is, and let's say a couple is reconciling. You know, and we teach in the PPT community how to know when it's safe and in your best interest to reconcile or how to know if it's in your best interest to move on. You know, and and it really requires death and destruction of the old, the old you, the old relationship in order to rebirth the new. That's not always the case because, you know, I mentioned in the study, there were three groups who didn't heal. I remember there was one group and this was the group where the betrayer had no consequences or very little consequences. And whether it was out of fear religious reasons that came up a lot, financial fear, not wanting to break up a family, whatever it was. They tried to put it behind them. They tried to ignore it. Tell it to your broken heart. It doesn't work. Not only did I only see a further deterioration of the relationship, that group by far was the most physically sick. Oh, right. So the people that stayed with their partner. That stayed without consequences. Now, Oh, yeah, the stay, okay, got it. Yeah, without consequences. Now, here's, like, in my case, with my family, betrayal, it wasn't an option to, rebuilding is always a choice, you know, whether you rebuild yourself and move on or whether you rebuild something entirely new with the person who hurt you. So, like, with my family, was not an option. So I rebuilt just myself, moved along. With my husband, that was a very different case. And here's where if you're willing, if the situation lends itself, if you want to, as two totally transformed people, that's when you can have something entirely new. So not long ago, we married each other again. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and someone that's betraying you doesn't mean they're a bad person. I mean, people betray you, they cheat on you for very, very different reasons. And and sometimes it's just, it's a it's a catalyst for change. It's a cry for help. Some, some person's not getting their needs met or something. And, you know, if for me, I, I already knew that I wanted to leave. It wasn't the right relationship for me. And that's yeah. why my husband was cheating. It wasn't the right relationship for him either. It didn't work. So people just have different reasons for staying. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that, about why people cheat and betray? Yeah. You know, there are so many reasons and so many factors and, you know, it's what I find. And this is for someone who's, who's been betrayed. If you have to say this a hundred million times, it's worth it. Even though it happened to you, it's not about you. This is about that other person, their lack, their, you know, what's the void that they're experiencing, whatever is going on with them. You know, they may have learned the most profound lesson at your expense or not, you know, but but there are so many reasons. And like, you know, even just with my case, it was it was very unusual. Um, and also what happens is with betrayal, you trust is completely shattered. You don't trust certainly your betrayer. You don't even trust yourself. You're like, I'm a bright person. How did I not know? How did I not see? So you kind of venture, well, at least I can trust in something bigger than me. Let me trust in the universe, God, source, whatever. And, and this even proved to be true in the study. We saw this with everybody. 
And personally, I, I saw, I remember seeing a, a spiritual counselor and I was like, I just need some help. And she's got the universe on speed dial. So let's go. <laughs> so, and I remember uh, walking, walking into her office and, and sitting down and maybe it was our first session or so. And she just starts laughing. She's like, oh my gosh, how you two planned this. It's like, what? So oh, yeah, yeah. He needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so that he can become the husband, father, friend he's supposed to be. You needed something so painful so you can heal and then really teach from this deep place of knowing you're going to have an institute and books and us whole following around betrayal. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> so you never know. It could be in our scenario. This was to serve a bigger purpose. I don't know. Everybody's story is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not these horrible things that happen to us. They, they can happen for a reason. They're not always a bad thing though. In the moment, it doesn't feel like that. No It's horrible. It was horrible. So, you know, and I've always wondered, am I totally healed? Have I really gotten past this or am I just thinking that? So how do we know if we really healed from betrayal? Yeah. You know, you, you know, you've healed when, when you've really, you've experienced that, uh, that, place of post-betrayal transformation, when you have rebuilt the re- from the re- rejection, abandonment, confidence, uh, worthiness, belonging, trust, when you've rebuilt all that, you know, because there's this, you really do create this new identity and there's this version of you so healthy, so strong, so healed. Like I, you know, there's, there's very little about me from before betrayal. What happens is you get this opportunity to take with you what you like and leave behind what no longer serves. And you really do get to recreate all of it. And it's a very exciting place. That's where the fun begins because then you're like, Ooh, now I'm feeling good. I'm seeing things so much differently than I ever have. I have new rules, new boundaries, you know, new everything in place. And the world becomes very different. It's almost like you go from this reactive place, you know, hoping everything goes okay, where it's almost like, you know, you're sitting on a bus and you hope the bus driver knows where he or she is going to, to that place of being proactive where you're the driver and you, you, you decide where you go. Yeah. And you can create a, a whole new relationship or get into a, a relationship with someone who's a better fit for you 100%. or someone that is fully committed to monogamy or who's just more, you know, like for me, I just felt like my, my husband now, that is just his sole focus. I want to be in a monogamous relationship. And he just says it over and over and over. And I've never had a guy talk like that before. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt like they had one foot out the door. Or, you know, for some reason. So I, I feel much, much happier in my, my current relationship. So that was a gift that was given to me out of this betrayal or a gift I gave to myself, whatever. Um, you so, did, yeah, because because of your healing, that's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From an unhealed place, you would have just had another relationship more of the same. Yes. So that's how you know you did the work. Yeah, and I decided not to date for like a year and a half. I'm like, I want to focus on myself, work mm. on myself. I don't want to date, distract myself, numb you know, I just want to do that work. Um, and so, so you talked about the five uh, steps of betrayal, the five stages, the five stages. Yeah. So what do we need to do to, to move forward and heal from this betrayal experience? So what do we do to get better? What are your tips? You know, the, the first thing you want to do, I mean, now that you know the five stages, you want to acknowledge where you are, because if you're 
most common in that stage three, you know, first of all, there's a lot of, so often there's a lot of anger there because you could be in stage three for like two, three decades. And you're like, what the heck? Here I am spending my entire life, you know, in this stage. It's a process, you know, you want to know where you are. You want to know that it wasn't about you, but then you want to know you don't have to stay there. And it takes a proactive approach to say, okay, you know what, Uh, this was horrible, but I don't just want to be the poster child for betrayal. I don't want to just be, um, you know, have this on me now, like it's like a bad game of hot potato where it's like now it's stuck on me. No, if like what what you did, what I did, this is no different than what everybody else could do. Personally, I looked at it saying, this is awful. And I'm going to figure out a way to move through this. And if I do, I'm taking everybody with me. And that's it. You, you want to say, okay, where am I now? And then you want to be just willing. I found what's the biggest needle mover to, to see if someone will or won't heal. So often it's a willingness because, you know, when they have to give up their story, they could have gotten a lot of sympathy and, and benefits that secondary game gain from hanging on to it. So you have to really see, is this serving me anymore? And you have every right to hang on to it, but at the end of the day, that's all you have. You have your story. Or have I given this enough life and now it's and now it's my turn to heal. Yeah. And you know it's 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 one of those things that can be very intoxicating to talk to all of your girlfriends oh he's such a jerk and blah 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 and he did this to me and just talk about it over and over and relive it and over and over and Mm -hmm. and play like this victim role where you are a victim but at a certain point you have to choose not to be a victim any longer and move forward and and i it's it makes me sad when i i hear people throwing the baby out with the bathwater. like my husband cheated therefore all men are cheaters all men are a-holes or or they're all all like that and that could not be further from the truth and i think people tell themselves they manifest that's that that they're they think like that they talk like that they attract a-holes to them (laughs) well because that's what they believe you know I, i use this analogy a lot and it explains it so much this is exactly to your point you know here's the difference between resilience and trauma and transformation like resilience you need for your everyday you know and trauma and transformation is a whole different thing so resilience is bringing back restoring and imagine a house and imagine if that house needs a new boiler and you get a boiler that would be resilience or let's say it needs a new roof and you get that new roof that would be resilience here's trauma and transformation a tornado comes by and levels the house like a boiler's not going to fix it and you know a roof's not going to fix it and here's the thing though you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say this is the worst thing i've ever seen and you'd be right and if you called all your friends over and said look at this isn't this horrible? You, they'd all agree. And you can mourn the loss of your house until your last breath, right? However, if you choose to rebuild that house, there's no house there. Like, why not make the most beautiful house you can? You can create whatever you want. There are so many people mourning the loss of their house forever. Yeah. And that's all they have. Where other people say, okay, Clearly the house is in here. Let me grieve it. And now let me build something spectacular. 
Yeah. And when should someone decide not to try to rebuild the relationship? Say they're in, uh, maybe they're not aware of it, they're in a relationship with a narcissist Mm. and the narcissist is cheating and doing repeatedly and has zero remorse, doesn't express remorse, doesn't hear out the person, their feelings really just doesn't seem to care uh, like it, what cues should people be looking for yeah. that it, it's safe and they should move forward with rebuilding their relationship if they choose? Yeah. You, you know, I, I talk about, I call it the window of willingness and I, I write about it in trust again. And this is when you know uh, that, that healing is just not an, and rebuilding is not an option with someone and with a typical narcissist, you're better off healing and moving on because especially if there's no remorse, apology, restitution, anything, they don't even think they've done anything wrong. But here's where also the the, the wrong type of support does more harm than good because if someone isn't highly skilled in this, like in let's say your typical scenario, here's the the narcissist, let's say husband and the wife and the wife somehow gets him to go to counseling together, couples counseling. And if that counselor isn't really highly skilled in this, so often she'll look at the betrayed person and say, you know, if you communicated better, um, this may not have happened. It's like, what? Um, Or even think about it from, let's say, the mother-in-law, you know, of this same couple. She doesn't want to see the family broken up. So she may say to the betrayed person, you're fine. Get over it. You know, you're okay. So you have to see, uh, be very uh, aware of, you know, the fact that it's coming through, you know, whose lens is it coming through? It's coming through that person who either doesn't really know how to work with this or has vested interest in just having you put it behind you. So that's one thing. And if someone is, is not remorseful, not apologetic, they haven't had the greatest shock of their life waking them up that this was the absolute most horrific thing they could have done. You're not working with very much. As much as the betrayed person has the shock of their life realizing what just happened, best case scenario is also when that betrayed person said, oh my gosh, I just, I just hurt the person I love the most. What the heck? And, and you're coming from a very different space than that person who just like, okay, it's what I did. Get over it. What are you working with there? You know, yeah, run, 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 run for the hills. hills. Or and just, don't look back. Or if they're just upset that they got caught, you know, yeah. they're just, they're just sad that they got caught. That's it. Yeah. And so how can we learn to trust again? Yeah, this is, you know, it, it trust. I look at trust like a brick wall. It, you know, there's no shortcut to putting up that brick wall. How does it go up? Brick by brick by brick. And then in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, the whole thing goes tumbling down. So how can it be rebuilt? There's, again, the same way, brick by brick by brick. So it takes time. And uh, you you have every, again, you can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest sticking around and watching that thing get rebuilt. And that's totally fine then just heal yourself and move on. If you're looking to to rebuild trust, if trust is an option with this relationship, if you're willing, if you want to, uh, you need a willingness to watch that brick wall get rebuilt. And the other person needs to be a really good bricklayer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, where every single opportunity to show that they're trustworthy, that's a brick in the brick wall. and And it's just like that. And there's a, I teach a four-step process, but that's, you know, to, to sum it up, you, you truly need to, to take time and rebuild foundationally, rebuild trust in yourself, 
uh, rebuild trust in your, you know, your own intuition, higher wisdom, all of that before you even think about trusting in other people again. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your book. Yeah. So it's it trust again, overcoming betrayal and regaining health, confidence and happiness. And uh, this was really so much of it was my dissertation, my PhD dissertation. I was like, well, you know, it can't just be that only a few people read this because there's like thousands of hours of research in here. So what it is, is I walk you through the five stages of betrayal. I teach you the four step trust rebuilding process. I tell you my story uh, and I and I also give my study participants story. So every reader can can be like, oh, wow, I, I get it. You know, that I really resonate with that with that person and experiential activities. It's not a book that you read or listen to. It's a book that you do. OK, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And so and where can we learn more about you and your work? And are, are you still seeing uh, couples or clients or do you work with people? Yeah, we have the PBT, which stands for Post Betrayal Transformation Institute Membership Community. And it's the only uh, full service space to heal physically, mentally, emotionally from the betrayal of a family member, a partner, friend. So everything is in there. We have our certified coaches who walk people through the five stages. And they're also bringing their own areas of expertise. Our signature program, which literally walks through the stages uh we have i'm in there teaching we bring in experts to teach a master class i'd love you to teach one that would be fun um and uh and we have an amazing community who's uh they just they lift and inspire it's not like the ain't an awful club where you heal and you you know you don't belong this is like wow what'd you do that worked for you how can i do that so uh that's the pbt community so yeah i I really recommend everybody take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent you're struggling and what is that link? Where do we take that? Sure. So that's just the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Okay. Fantastic. And, and you can go to the pbtinstitute.com to learn more about your, your programs and your book. And I'm sure you have lots of articles and things like that too. So uh, amazing resources. So go check that out. If you are struggling with a betrayal and trusting again, because you can, you can rebuild your life and build an amazing life. So, uh, so Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was a great, great interview. I love talking about this topic and, you know, hopefully we can reach some people and help them overcome this, this trauma that we all, all deal with at some point in our lives. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. And and we talk about all different ways to overcome, you know, toxins and trauma in our life and learn how to transform our health and, and our mentality as well. So thanks for tuning in this week. And I will talk to you guys very, very soon. The Myers Detox podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.